You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 211. What do modern day missionaries actually do? You know, for Christians, we understand that Jesus gave us the Great Commission right before he was taken up into heaven after the resurrection. And the Great Commission uh, essentially says this, go into every nation and make disciples. Go make disciples in every nation. In another um, gospel, it says, preach the good news or preach the gospel in every nation. Jesus said in Acts 1-8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So that's the Great Commission. It's not the great option. Uh, it's not something really that we, we, we can um, you know, kind of take a back seat on. Jesus said, this is your job. And, you know, sometimes I believe individuals and churches do look at it as kind of something that's optional. But I believe that we all are called to participate in some way in making sure the good news of Christ is spread throughout the world. That might be going. That might be going on a short term. It might be giving financially so that others can go or supporting in other ways. But I believe we're all called to participate. And I, don't, I really don't believe we have a choice. Now, what I want to do first is I want to give you um, a little bit of an overview, a very, very brief overview of missionary work over the last uh, maybe couple hundred of years. It really, you know, the old model was that missionaries came from the West and maybe they went to Africa, maybe they went to India, maybe they went to South America. Or, or some other place that was maybe less developed at the time. And they went, these Western missionaries went and did everything. They went and basically brought a Western uh, model of church and church life. And not only that, but they brought Western culture with them as well. Now, Many would look at this as, as colonization and, and, and as something that you know really should be avoided, but yet we, we can't throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. There, there was a lot of good that came out of that and some other stuff that wasn't so good. I was a witness firsthand to this in the uh, early 80s. Uh, we lived for, for a time almost a year in West Africa in the nation of Ghana, and Ghana had been colonized by the British. It had been a British colony until the, the Ghanaians decided they wanted their, their independence and fought and got their independence from the, the British rule. However, they were the recipients 
of a wonderful infrastructure that they still benefit from today. And they'll tell you that the greatest thing that ever happened was the, the British colonizing their nation because they really did receive a wonderful infrastructure of schools and a medical um, system with hospitals and, and, and you know relatively good roads and really just a structure for how to run their nation. But of course, this also, as missionaries came in, they brought this Western view of the church. And one of the things that, that, that always amused us was in some of these very rural villages in, in West Africa where some of the more traditional denominational churches that came from, um, from England. And, you know, it just didn't work. I mean, these people loved God. They loved Jesus. They were Christians. But you could just tell they, they, they were doing what they had been taught as far as the way they were worshiping and uh, the way they were um, relating to God in, in church, but you could just see that they weren't comfortable doing it because it was such a, a, a difficult structure, such a tight structure um, that, you know, it would be very normal for a reserved Britisher, uh, I don't even know if that's a correct word, but but an Englishman um, to, to worship God in a very uh, reserved way, restraining their emotions, but that just doesn't fit in African culture. And so the churches that are exploding now are the ones that acknowledge um, their own beautiful culture. And, 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 you know, the message is the same, but the, the way that it's expressed is, is much more um, conducive to, to the particular nation's culture. And in that case, of course, it would be Ghana. But as we said, the Westerners would come and they would do everything in their attempt to bring Christianity to that particular nation. The, the missionaries would come and they would start and they would run churches. They would start schools. They would start hospitals. And, and in, in so many cases, they did it all. And eventually, you know, you begin to see them training up others. But of course, it was always doing things just exactly the way they had been taught, which is not, nothing necessarily wrong with that. But not understanding the culture of where we're going can be can be difficult. Another thing that, that that you know has taken place under both the old model and the new model is that of translating the scriptures into the local dialect. This is this has been one of the most effective ways of evangelism and discipleship is translating the Bible into the the language of whatever nation that, that they were going into. And so many nations have been reached. Um, so many nations have been um, recipients of the good news of Christ because the gospel, the Bible, has been translated into their language. And there's still a lot of work to do there. Um, so this was, this was the model. The Westerners went and did everything. But it kind of gets us to a place where Things have shifted in the last 50 years or so, and the model has shifted, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. So don't go away. Um, we're going to talk about the, the new model or the, the more realistic model of missions. But before we do that, I just want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. Reflections on the Resurrection is equal parts devotional, educational, and apologetic. 
and when I say apologetic, I always have to just kind of remind remind the readers we're not apologizing for the resurrection, but apologetics is, um, in theological terms, a defense of the faith. And what we do in uh, Reflections on the Resurrection is we give you tools to actually make a case for the resurrection of Christ. Look, I was a cop for 30 years. I look for evidence. When, when you read about the resurrection of Jesus, it's fair to ask, um, was this the greatest hoax in history, or is there evidence to prove that Jesus rose physically from the dead, never to die anymore? And as we look at the evidence, I think you'll come to the same conclusion that, um, you yes, you can build a strong case for the resurrection of Jesus. But the book's also devotional. It helps us to see the importance uh, of the resurrection for our own lives. It's something to reflect on. It's something to, especially, I'm recording this just a couple of weeks before Easter. And as Christians move into the Easter season, understanding that the resurrection of Jesus is the most important event in history changes everything. It's the reason the church uh, grew. It's the reason the church was started, because if it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus, um, those early Christians would have just drifted away, and we wouldn't be here today. So check out Reflections on the Resurrection. I know you will enjoy it. All right, well, now let's talk about the new model of, of missionary work. Of course, we just gave a, just a brief, just a few thoughts on kind of the old model, but the new model, what does this mean? Well, I think the primary thing that this means is instead of the missionaries going to the particular nation and doing everything, we're going to work alongside with the locals. We understand that we don't know the nuances of their culture. We understand that even though we may learn the language, that our language skills may never be as good as a a native speaker, and so much culture is bound up in our language. So working alongside the locals is um, really so much more of an effective way to reach that nation. Um, and I'm give you just a few, uh, a few stories of, of missionaries that I've worked with and known over the years that kind of uh, bring this point home. Um, I've got a friend who uh, for many years taught English as a second language in China. Now, China is one of those nations that doesn't welcome missionaries, but they do um, welcome people to come teach their people English. And so my friend, Wen, is, is almost an undercover missionary and was building relationships and sharing Christ and able to uh, you know really bring the gospel to that nation in a very low-key way by teaching them English. Uh, I've got another friend who um, was a medical missionary, and he would go and uh, connect with local pastors, and he would offer to do a clinic in their church. And it was a great way to get unchurched people. This, and he'd do this in poor villages in Central America. And um, he, would, he would offer you know, the local pastors, and they would get you know, two or three churches together, and they would... Um, set up a clinic where people could come and have their children checked or, you know, get a checkup. And he could, you know, prescribe. He had, you know, companies that would from the U.S. that would give him medicines and samples. And so he was able to give, um, you know, some medicines out, even do simple surgeries. I've seen him do simple surgeries of, 
um, you know, slicing boils open and draining them and other things like that. And it just sounds crazy, but in a very, very poor country, in a very, very poor village where people don't have access to health care, he was a godsend. And so he would go and he would, you know, for half a day, he would meet patients and he would take care of them and, um, you know, do what he could to help them. And then in the afternoon and evenings, the those same churches that had, um, you know, he had been working with, they would uh, show a, a Christian film, maybe the Jesus film, which has been one of the most successful ones. In some cases, they would have evangelistic rallies and let the American doctor preach because it's always a novelty when somebody comes from the outside and preaches. And so um, he he's not there trying to take over. He's there to support and and these churches always grew after he left because they realized or whether they understood it or not um you know they, these people looked at these churches with newfound respect because wow they just hosted an american doctor who came and served our community and so now you've got people going into these churches and and becoming a part and finding christ so very very effective way especially in a poor nation to to reach out with the gospel I've got another friend who specializes in construction. Uh, he can build anything. He oversees projects here in the U.S. He's got his own company. But, you know, a couple of times a year, he'll take teams into uh, very poor countries and build, physically build, a church structure in, in a very poor area. And, you know... He'll have people from the U.S. who will support him financially for the uh, supplies, and then he'll take people with him who have uh, varying degrees of construction experience, and of course, they will involve the locals as well. And when you've got somebody who knows what they're doing, they've got the supplies, because that's always the real stumbling block for these uh, poor groups of Christians and these these poor nations, um, now that they've got the supplies provided, they can throw up a, a structure um, at least the shell of it, within a week. And so he'll go and do that, and they'll work all day, and then in the evening, he and his teams will either visit different churches and share their testimonies and preach, or maybe even have um, large crusades and invite everybody. And again, he's not going to take over. He's not going to, to do all the work. He's going to support and to serve these local communities and these local pastors. So a very another very effective way to um, to do ministry. Um, in other cases, what what are some other cases? Well, I know folks who have gone into other nations and have helped to plant churches. Now it it doesn't work. Uh, I guess it depends on the nation, but but from what I've seen in in South America and in India, Africa, um, Central America, other places that I've gone and d- done ministry. Um, it doesn't seem to work as well for an outsider, for a foreigner, for a Westerner, in our case an American, to um, to be a senior pastor in another nation. It works in some cases, but in many cases it doesn't because, as we said before, we don't understand the nuances of the culture. We don't understand maybe the language as well as we should. Um, it's not to say that it can't happen. I've got some friends that are uh, pastors in another nation that, that than their own, but um, and they're very successful, but but I think as a general rule, that doesn't work very good. And so I, I've got many friends. I've even helped plant churches in, in, in Brazil. We've, we've helped plant churches there, but it's as a support role. We're coaching. We're encouraging the pastors. We're helping them build their teams of leaders. 
Um, we're, we're there to answer questions. We're there to help them put their structure in place. We're there to help them build their systems, to put their processes in place. And, you know, we, we, may, we may preach occasionally, but we're going to be more behind the scenes and encouraging the local folks to take ownership. And that's really what's been, you know, kind of my role in, in so many ways as, as, as we've traveled and done ministry in South America and in other places is really a support role. My recent trip to India was, was to serve local pastors. My first week there, I did a, a pastors and leaders conference for almost a hundred um, rural pastors and leaders. And these are, are, are men and women who are serving on the front line. Some of them you know, are being persecuted for their faith by radical Hindus. A um, uh, young pastor that I know there had been threatened with arrest because um, they had done something nice for their community. They had actually um, saved up their money, a very poor church, but they had saved up their money and had um, given out gift baskets at Christmas time. And of course, the Hindus don't celebrate it, but the church gave out around 200 gift baskets with some fruit and candy and a Gospel of John in it. But because the Gospel of John was in there, it's considered evangelism in a nation where evangelism is not legal. And so he was actually threatened with arrest. Uh, thankfully, it worked out that he wasn't arrested and, and you know things are good. But these are guys that are serving in very difficult places. So I was able to go and do a conference for them for an entire week to uh, share God's Word with them, to give them some tools, to give them some new ways of looking at things. And, you know, you think about it. They're working every day serving their community. Many of them have had minimal training for ministry. And so um, it's just a blessing for some of these guys to come up and say, look, I've never heard this before. This, this leadership teaching, this leadership training is so refreshing. It's such a new way to look at things. I'm going to immediately put it into practice in my church. So, you know, that's a great way that we can go come alongside. And then also preaching and teaching in their churches. While I was there, and, uh, and this will you know, be the same in South America when I travel there in the next uh, very near future, um, preaching and teaching in their church churches. Because when a foreigner comes in, they can build an event around it. They can, you know, they'll, they'll pack the place out um, when, a, when a special guest speaker comes, especially one from another country. Or, you know, and in, 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 in my case, it's from the U.S. They love that. They love Americans. And so having the, the, the Westerner there in, in India and then um, in, even in South America, they love having that, um, you know, American come in and preach and teach. And it's something, again, that they can build an event around, something that they can use to build their church. Helping the pastors, um, serving the pastors. Um, this is another really big part of what we do, helping them develop their teams, leadership development, and just giving them somebody to talk to. You know, if you're the pastor of a small church, having somebody to bounce ideas off of is a big deal. So that's part of what we do. That's part of the way we serve. And this is one of the ways that missionaries work in the year 2019. Well, you know, we started off this this episode of Leading and Learning. You know, we asked the question, what do modern-day missionaries do? And we talked about the Great Commission. You know, go into every nation and make disciples. Well, that's what we're called to do. And friends, that's what you and I are called to do together. And uh, I'd love for you to be a part of our team. 
Um, as I said, I'm getting ready to go to South America. Um, I'll actually be leaving in, in just about a month. And uh, we'll be down there for, for about a month serving and ministering and um, be with a lot of small churches who really can't even afford to bring us down there. But because of faithful friends, we're able to go and serve these churches and to help them in a very tangible way. If you want to be a part of that, go to davidspell.com. There's a, a button up at the top you can click to donate to be a part of the team. Um, if you just want to stay in touch with what I'm doing, um, click on the subscribe button, drop in your email address, and you'll be able to stay in touch with us. And, uh, you know, the main thing is let's pray, let's keep working, and, you know, together let's, uh, let's keep making disciples of all nations. Well, thanks for being with me, and I'll see you next time on Leading and Learning.